Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I've got a good time. Right. No, no, I've got, I'm quite snotty, is that? Mm. Good, we've established that. So we'll uh, try some level now. Anybody who doesn't know what introspection is needs to take a long, hard look at themselves. <laughs> Thank you. We always like to test the level with a little bit of a joke. I tell no, we do. Yes, we do. I like to test the <laughs> That's level. That's like people saying, oh, it's a tradition when you've really done it, it once. It is a tradition. We did it last week and probably did it the week before. No, I don't. Uh, should we start? I thought we had started. I want to talk to you, first of all, Ruth, uh, about racism. Because when I was growing up... There were lots of um, comedians on the TV that made what these days would be considered racist jokes. And racism was more or less institutionalised. Into, you know, there was an awful yeah. lot of racism about I've not, seen those films. Not as much as there was in, say, the 50s when people from the Caribbean first came over and they weren't able to even rent rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, it said no blacks, no Irish, that sort of thing. So, you, you know, you think we're moving on a bit. And then in the 70s and 80s, uh, in football, certainly, there was the, there was an awful lot of racism. People mm-hmm. shouted racist things uh, from the terraces. But we sort of thought that had gone. And then it uh, emerged again with uh, Raheem Sterling over the weekend. Yeah, uh, I couldn't fully concentrate on anything you were just saying because I was trying to think of a way to get Raheem and racism to form into one word, like racism or something yes you mean like brexit yeah mm. so because uh, that's the fashion these days and brangelina etc we sort of thought it had gone and then it, it re-emerged well. it re-emerged at the weekend when raheem sterling was racially abused at chelsea but i would just wondered what the development you know because oh, we, think, think racism we, we think we're moving still, on all, yeah i was gonna I say i don't think we have moved on at all really i think that um, I heard someone say some someone who was black saying that racism never really goes away; it just takes on new forms, and it's just so institutionalized that you think you're getting rid of it, but really, there's no legway. Well, I was going to ask. Well, let's get the insight from your generation, from a white person from who you, we know. No, from your generation. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? The, the like kids, casual the boys racism. that you that you hang around with at school. Do you think they're capable of shouting? I don't think they're racist to black people. I think they're racist to Pakistani people. Like so, um, these big groups of like, like working class boys, the ca- the kind of big groups of boys who I've hung around with my entire life. I think that they're not racist to black people, but they are racist. To do you think they're Asians. capable of? See, but then again, I like I'm friends with a lot of these boys, and I could never imagine them saying anything. I don't know. 
I think that also it's um it they would be racist towards like Raheem Sterling maybe because it's like separate from what they are but because a lot of them you mean just because they don't like Raheem Sterling just because they don't like Raheem Sterling and it's just what to go for but they would never be racist to someone they were friends with Right. See, that that is interesting. And that happened in the 70s as well. People were racist, and yet they had black friends. You know, mm. you, you, the skinheads who went around causing violence and everything, they would have black... They might quite easily live in an area where it's more or less 50% black, 50% white, yeah. have lots of black friends, but would still be racist. And you're saying that sort of goes on, still goes on. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I don't know. But it has got better in my generation, definitely. Well, we I, think that I every think... generation, and then you've got somebody there. I mean, we, I thought it more or less in terms of you know shouting abuse at black footballers. I mean, I know. You thought that, yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was a thing of the past. But then I thought but that it might there was the still stuff be... at the, the... I mean, just to... I can more easily talk about sexism because I feel like I have more first-hand knowledge of that. And you would think that um, at the Ballon d'Or... Mm-hmm. Is that right how I say it, Ballon right? d'Or, yeah. Um, you would never get a woman being asked to twerk on stage after winning the first, after being the first female to ever win the award, but she did. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that we take it for granted and you have to constantly, like, watch yourself. Because I think that it does exist. Yeah. Definitely. But asking her to twerk on stage is not um, as bad as the abuse that Raheem Sterling got. Pretty embarrassing. It's fairly embarrassing. Embarrassing for the guy, really. Who asked it's him, embarrassing for the woman. He did though, ask, uh, when he explained later, he'd asked uh, whoever won the male award, and I can't think, I think it was Lionel oh, Messi or something, he'd asked him to do a little dance, didn't he? So, yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't think it was half as bad as it was made out. It was one of those uh, cause celebrities that people like to latch on to on uh, yeah, Twitter. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think that, like... I think Twitter and everything exaggerates everything, because also, Raheem Sterling, he tweeted out these two headlines. Did you see all that? Yeah, For, yeah. One was describing a young black player um, splashing out on a two and a half million pound house. And one was uh, a young white player. And he sort of saw... I mean, I can see what why it happened. I think that black people it, are quite e- easily like demonised in the press. I do yeah, think that I don't think happened. that. I don't because think that was the case. I think he picked so a bad many, example. To be maybe honest. he picked a bad example, but it does happen. And I think it's because like black actors are kind of demonised and black people don't necessarily get the roles that they should do in films like they're always the sidekick and stuff like I still think that stuff like that exists because white people are so in charge of newspapers and still in charge of Hollywood racism doesn't go away it just takes on new forms and I think it's easier now for people to be racist from the comfort of a computer screen yeah I think think there's a lot of that around isn't there yeah Yeah. I don't know if you heard about Tumblr Tumblr. Um, Do you know Tumblr? I have heard of Tumblr, yeah. So Tumblr, it was, it's still popular. I still, I'm sure it still yeah, gets lots of users. Yeah, it seems to be an old thing, But Tumblr. it's, it, yeah, it kind of was at the height of its popularity in about like 2014 maybe or something like that. And it's kind of a bit like Instagram and a bit like Facebook, apart from you don't really post pictures of like yourself. It's more like quotes and pictures and stuff. And anyway, um, it's been long known as a safe space for sexual subcultures. And so people will post like nude images. It's kind, it's kind of like artsy, pornographic stuff, I guess. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. But it's been like kind of known for that, and but also it's known for like Harry Potter culture and stuff like that. Just like there's lots of pockets of different things, and it's got a new policy on female presenting nipples, um, and so it's banned 
what one of the things that people use it for a lot and it's just banned it completely outright and so the guardian wrote a article it's called um, focus less on nipples and more on nazis because there's also a really large area of tumblr that is just like white supremacist pages right which they've not got a handle So these are people who want, don't want to use Facebook and Twitter and the well-known ones. No, I think that people use Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr. Yeah, but, but why? Why Tumblr? I don't understand. It's more Because like, I thought it had disappeared, Tumblr. Is it less monitored than... No, I think it's it's not um, personal. Like, you're, you're not really you, right. I think. So, like, on Facebook, you would post pictures of yourself, this is what I've been to. On Instagram, you post, you know, this is my birthday, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But on, and you would chat to people who are your friends also in real life, but you wouldn't do that on Tumblr. They've banned nipples and people are really peeved off about it, but then they do nothing about all the white supremacist pages. Right, so there's lots of Nazis post on there. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Christmas. Um, Yeah. I've never known anyone. Got my advent chocolate this morning. Mm, I know. I've never known anyone quite as excited about Christmas. Love as you. Christmas. Yeah. What do you I like about it? it? So, you, you, I like the run up. I'm not even bothered about the day. No. Well, the I day like the itself is just. Um, a lot I know. Of I like presents it? as well. I'm not no. going to be. Like I know that you meant to prefer re- the giving than mm-hmm. receiving. I prefer receiving. Yeah. But you do like giving if you get. I, I do. Mean, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I get like excited. giving if you get if you pick if you something, get something that's, good, that's, that's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's uh, there's a great thrill there. Uh, you might like to know that in Texas, where you can carry a gun to university lectures if you want, mm. uh, you can drill for oil wherever you want next to someone's house if you want. But you're not allowed in Texas to tell other people's children that Father Christmas is not real. Is that real. a law? Yeah, it's a law. That's hilarious. A man aged 31 was arrested and charged with uh, trespassing at the weekend after he protested outside a Breakfast with Santa event at a church near Dallas. He uh, demonstrated outside saying uh, it's not real. Do you let your kids believe in a fake Santa? Or do they know who Jesus is? So basically, it was Jesus versus oh, Santa. Because it's like worshiping false idols, sort of thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Jesus, yeah, Jesus versus Santa. So in the great Jesus versus Santa debate, where do you come down? Santa. <laughs> I thought you would. A lot of uh, emails this week. They've uh-huh. um, they've started again. We because we, we didn't plug the address for a while, but we plugged it, overplugged it last week. Alex says, we were were talking last week about uh, universities and safe spaces and not allowing people like Marine Le Pen to uh, talk at universities. And he says, if these opinions are not heard, then they can't be uh, challenged, he says. Uh, Students or anyone else must not be protected from these views. If we are, then the views will grow, as seen in Germany with the far right. Presumably, at university talks, there would be a a chance to question people. This is where the students must question and hold up uh, to ridicule these views. And just like you thinking the moon landings never happened... Well, uh, no, I think... uh, I don't actually... Well, I'm on the fence, but I don't really think that they didn't happen. I think that they did happen, but there is some shady things going on. Okay. Well, just like you thinking the moon landings never happened, these things are discovered afresh by each new generation and need to be quashed through the debate of logic, reason and indisputable facts. Um, that's why you cannot must not ban offensive viewpoints, but must engage and hold them up. Hope this makes sense, says Alex. Um, but he says, P.S. Love the podcast. But so- I was, it makes you think of the, the Voltaire quote, I might, not, I might not agree with what you say, but I will defend your right to say it. 
Yeah. To to the to the ground to, to the no, to the death to the death to the death or to the ground in fact. Paul Colling is very much enjoying season two. I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend your right. I will, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. That's yeah. it. Uh, Paul Colling says uh, he's enjoying season two because we're now on to season two, episode three. He says he'd know he was he'd never heard me. Despite my glittering radio career, he'd never heard me before. This is where glittering, yeah, mm, yeah. dull um, sparkle. Thank you. And he says have a have a great Christmas. And he's a helpful yeah. hero. Next week so is our Christmas special. It is, yeah, uh, Peter says uh, Ruth conspiracy theories are just that theories he says watch interviews of astronauts who've landed on the moon then tell me they're lying I think not also watch the astronaut on the moon dropping a hammer and a feather that hit the surface at the same time proving Galileo's discovery and uh, we're still going out in Hong Kong says uh, Alistair Maxwell I thought you were saying we're still going out in Hong Kong like we're going to go no, we're not going, going to, to Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. I'd like, like to go to Hong Kong. Would you? Um, I'm not that asked about going to Hong Kong. Really? No, like I'd like to go there, but it's not on the top of my bucket yeah. list. But he, uh, Alistair also says he um, he loves your Leeds accent. And I did get a few tweets, actually, asking you to say things in a Leeds accent. Yeah, what was the word? What was the word? Co- and I was like, Coast Guard. Coast Guard? I don't get it at all. <laughs> Somebody said, can you get Ruth to say Coast Guard? Coast Guard. There you go. Does you there say you it? Coast Guard. Coast Guard. That's the same. No, they say you're saying it with it's spelt C U R S T, they say the way you say Cursed it. Cursed Guard. Yeah, that's what they say. Cursed Guard. Yeah. Cursed Guard. Well, different. Well anyway. Completely that was different. that was the request this week. I wonder what your what your view was on beauty contests. There's They've film, gone out of fashion. They have, but there's a film being made about the 1970 Miss World. Uh, oh, I bet it'll be a good contest. film though. It sounds good. I mean, basically, the idea of it is that uh, in 1970, what were then called women's libbers invaded the hall where the contest was taking place. Yeah. It was in the Royal Albert Hall. It was stormed by activists in the women's liberation movement who threw uh, flower bombs. But interestingly enough, it was at the same time, Jennifer Hoston, who was the Miss World, she was Miss Granada, or Grenada, and she was the first black woman to win the contest. So uh, you had an interesting sort of little dichotomy going mm. on there, going on there, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard with beauty contests because on the one hand, you're like women, you know, should be allowed to be beautiful, and it's a contest like any other, and it should be okay. Then also, and it, how is it different to modelling on runways? Then also, it just seems so degrading. Yes, why though? Because you, you, you're being judged on how beautiful yeah. you are, and it, pitted against other women. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? I don't know. It's, it's, but then also, like the walk-on girls in darts. Yeah. Like it's a way for, you know, women who want to do it and they do it. Yeah. I, I know, know. You're, you're in favour of the walk-on girls, you're in favour of the well, good girls. I don't know. I... Well, you're not, you're not violently opposed to those. No, I'm not. No, no, no. But I'm not violently opposed to beauty contests, I don't think, either. No. So what are you violently opposed to? I'm violently opposed to. What? That's not just like... Racism. Mm. Well, you, you, apart from the things that everybody's violent. Okay. You know, everybody says they're violent. I'm violently opposed to. Um, what really boils my blood? Yeah, what grinds your gears? Uh, one thing. Oh, I know. Is... The North South divide. Yes. I get really passionate about that because people just don't. 
people think that like the north is a di- it's a different place to do you know what i mean the north or to be honest anywhere that's not london is different it's like comp- like different countries how can the totally. how can, or like it's something like nine of the top 10 cities that live in the most poverty are like in the uk that's not the exact statistic but there is something that's like eight out of ten or something but the most wealthy city is also in the uk like that is not all right you're saying in in your on a European level, yeah, on a European level, the most wealthy level. city in Europe is London. London, yeah. But then, like eight out of ten of the of the poorest, of the poorest cities, are yeah. in the UK. Would as well. be places like Barrow and Furness or yeah. Workington and there's like Grimsby or something, something yeah. like that. No, you're absolutely right. It's I'm, actually I'm, I'm it abs- with you. It's it absolutely disgusting. I'm glad it and the, your I, blood. and oh, you know what else really boils my blood? Um, unpaid internships. Yeah. People shouldn't ask you to work for free because some people can't work for free. Like so like my sister was very lucky to get on a paid paid was it an in called an internship? Oh for she a did, newspaper. Oh yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she was, was a, went on it was got daily, on one of these things. Yeah. But with newspapers, they will ask you to work unpaid mm. all the time. But you can only do that. If you're in a financial position yeah. to do it, I think the irony is, and I it's mean, so unfair. This was the Daily Mail group, uh, training, yeah. which was a proper training scheme. The irony is that papers, the Daily Mail. papers like the Guardian, <laughs> that's the Daily Mail, papers like the Guardian do. Um, you know, I don't want to diss the Guardian, but they do. They keep their press free li- online, which is good. Yes, which is good. But liberal papers tend to be tend to use unpaid internships yeah. more than... And uh, I get why they do it, because I know that newspapers don't have a lot of money, but also arts arts places do it, and they do it with writers, and they do it with like playwriting mm. schemes and stuff. But I just think it's so wrong to ask, because it, what it does is it means that people whose parents are really well off can take these things and get into precisely. it. And, and then you never get any working class people getting into the arts or journalism or anything, because they're asking you to work for nothing, which you can't do. It's a scandal. It is a scandal. It's a scandal. And also, that annoys me. <laughs> that, well, I'm glad. Those are two very important issues that boil your blood, and they boil Thanks. my blood to an extent as well. Short break now for uh, an advert, and then we'll go on to the music. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, this week, uh, tell me what you've brought in. It's a Christmas tune, really. So, I'm obsessed. If you've not seen it, watch it. Pause this and watch it right now. The Apple Christmas advert. It's beautiful, and this is the song from this. I've watched it. I must have watched it about 12 times in a row at the weekend. I just kept on watching it and I was it makes me cry. And anyway, this is the song from this. It's by Billie Eilish, who's also she's one of the people who's gonna be at Leeds Fest next year. She's really big but she's only sixteen and she's very cool and stuff. So she got other songs, but this is the only one I know. And it's called Come Out and Play. Wake up and smell the coffee is your cup half full or empty when we talk you say it softly but i love it when you're awfully quiet She's only 16. Yeah. Yeah, sounds a bit miserable for 16. Yeah, yeah, I think she is. <laughs> yeah. Did she write that as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Very well, talented. Mine but, um, is a fine, fine lounge singer called Mel Torme. Have you heard of Mel yeah, Torme? Yeah, I heard of Mel Torme because of Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah. Yeah, so we know who Mel Torme is. Uh, he was in an episode of Seinfeld where they thought Kramer was... What's that? I'm trying to think of the politically correct way to say it. They thought... Two the... sandwiches short of a picnic? Yeah. They thought... It, I'm sure that's not the politically correct way of saying it, but they thought he was um, a little bit uh, challenged. So should we hear the tune? Yeah. I'm coming home, baby, now. I'm coming home now, right away. I'm coming home, baby, now. I'm sorry now I ever went away. Yeah, Melvin uh, Howard Torme. It must have been one of his final performances on Seinfeld because he died in 1999. So it's another one of my uh, dead people. What did you think? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's good. Busy? I've heard that before though. I don't know, it must have been in films and stuff. It's probably been in movies, yeah. What did you, did you know what his nickname was, uh, Mel Torme? I think they mentioned this in Seinfeld, the Velvet Frog. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah frog. I once heard him described as the Velvet Frog. <laughs> but anyway, the Velvet Frog, because he was so uh, smooth. But was, that was his one big sort of hit record that got in the charts. But it was in the charts in the 60s. It got some cool. Number, number 13, if you're interested in the UK. I'm not. I didn't think, I didn't think you would be. Somebody's written a book. Somebody, well, a lot of people have written a book. There's too many books. There's a book by a female. There are two. Gosh, it stresses me out so, <laughs> so, so much. There's so many books. I used to keep a, like, have a list of, you know, like 20 books to read before you're 18, 20 books to read before you're 20, 40 <laughs> books to read before you're 40, whatever. And there's just too many books. And then there's more and more books coming out all the time mm. that are probably really, like, there's so many books, it stresses me out. There's way too many books. And but I've been I'm, getting through, I get through, like, I'm not a slow reader at all. Like, I get through books, yeah. okay, but there's too many. The people who wanted you to say Coast Guard would probably like the way you say slow reader as well. Slow reader? Yeah. Slow reader. Slow, slow is quite difficult to say, actually. Mm. But anyway... Because you say it like slow, gin. Yeah. 
there are too many books you're absolutely right and there's also books that you read and enjoyed and you thought were sort of life-changing and transformative when you read them years ago and they're sitting on your shelf and you can't remember I'm talking from my point of view now mm. you can't remember what the hell no, is in them and you think you should read them again I mean I read Far From The Madding Crowd but I couldn't for the life you know a question comes up on a quiz show about Far From The Madding Crowd you read Far I From The Madding Crowd years ago yeah Years I didn't know. I thought, I thought you were getting it confused with Vanity Fair. Oh, right, Vanity Fair. I like that. Would you, why, why would I get them confused? They're completely different books. Because sometimes Fair, you I, get confused. Sometimes I get confused, yeah. So your old dad sometimes gets confused. Because you didn't remember Vanity Fair really at all, did you? Not really. And then that's the point. I've got these books on the shelf. That's the whole point. Making these books on the shelf. And I think, well, I ought to really pull that off the shelf and read it again. Mm. But then... 800 new books come out while I'm thinking I should read Vanity Fair again or read Far From The Madding Crowd again. Yeah. You know. I like to read, like, The Catcher in the Rye. That's my favourite... Well, is it my favourite book? I don't know. I feel like it's such a cliche to say The Catcher in the Rye is your favourite book, but mm. probably is my favourite book. And I've read that... Have I read it once? I've read it twice, maybe? But I could read that again, like, yeah. now, because I would react to it differently. Or, like, I reread 1984 because I'd read it when I was, like, quite young, when I was, like... 12 or 14 or something and then I had to reread it because I'm studying it now and I reread it and I didn't think it was as good as the first time I read it at all really 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 also having read The Handmaid's Tale and then going back to 1984 I read it I realised how much better The Handmaid's Tale was yeah. so who's written a book dad so who's written a book? Yeah, ah. we just talked about how we were stressed out about all the books, but you didn't... Too many books, isn't there? I can see a picture of Michelle Obama, so I know that that was not the main story. Well, Michelle Obama has written a book. It's ev- has- I went to Waterstones to get some Christmas it's presents. Like, Michelle Obama might as well have been there. Yeah, well, Michelle Obama, I mean, there's a, there's a big poster up advertising the book in Leeds Station. The book's mm. called Becoming, and it's her, basically her autobiography that she's written. Yeah. The reason there's a picture of Michelle Obama on this, uh, this story is uh, the book's been written by Viv Grosskop, who is... Oh, has she not written it? No, this I thought is, she had written it. I don't know why. Oh, no, no, no. Michelle Obama's written the Michelle Obama yeah, book. Yeah. Or maybe she's had a bit of ghostwriting on that as well. This is another book entirely, uh, which is written by Viv Grosskop. Right, um, okay. Who is a female comedian. And it's called uh, How to Own the Room. Basically, uh, Viv Grosskop is a bit of, bit of a feminist and likes to write sort of self-help books for, uh, for women. She says, this is not a time to be quiet. Keep your head down. That's what I was saying. Nice women we're back Mm, you're back and hope that someone might hear your modest interesting whisper women need to be ready for a considerable backlash in the post me too climate it's advice on how to speak in public you you know you often see these comedy sketches where there's a bunch of men and uh, like a couple of women around a table and a woman comes up with a suggestion and everybody hears it and then the bloke says exactly the same thing and they say good plan Um, well it's sort of trying to but then also I don't like the idea that she there's kind of I mean I've not read the book obviously but there's kind of a suggestion that women have to masculate themselves masculate Oh, I would not heard that as a word. Because you can emasculate. Emasculate is getting rid of your Yeah, masculate. so to masculate yourself. Yeah, I think I like it. Masculate. Yourself. If it's not a word, it should be. It should be. Women have to masculate themselves to be heard. Should be an actual, like that's, it should it, be a record. Masculate yourself. That you have to be more like a man to be heard. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I don't think she's saying that, actually. I'll tell you what exactly what she's saying. Yeah, go on, then. She says, anyone approaching a public speaking engagement, so if you're a woman and you have to, um, should wear something comfortable, smile a lot. Yeah, telling women how, how what sp- they... And speak much more slowly than you think is normal. Imagine you're talking to the most hungover person... Is that what she's saying? Yeah. She says, but, but she's doing the exact thing that you shouldn't do, is telling women what to wear and how to be. Well, there you are. She's, a she, woman should be able to wear whatever she wants to... Well, it's the L Woods again. It's the what? L Woods from Legally Blonde. She puts on all the suits and she they're just plain black and plain blue and it's not what she would usually wear, but she wants to do it because she's trying to be a lawyer. And then when she finally wins the law case, she comes in with the dog in her bag and a fluffy pink coat and little pink heels and then she wins the court case anyway because it doesn't matter what she's wearing because what she's saying is good. Ah, right. Well, maybe um, Viv Groskop hasn't uh, seen Legally Blonde. Clearly um, not. Clearly not. She also believes in projecting happy high status, the kind of positive charisma. I she hate s- stuff like that. Yeah, the kind of positive charisma she sees in Michelle Obama. That's why there's a picture of Michelle. There. Oh, okay. This means being interested in others, not taking anything too personally, and making everything look easy. But don't fret if that's not you, because she analyzes the stillness of Angela Merkel the gesticulating fury of Joan Rivers and the muted humour of J.K. Rowling to show that there's no one way of owning a room. So in a way... She kind of brings it back. She brought it back there, didn't she? I'm fed up with clickbait. Are you fed up with clickbait? Do you read... <laughs> that sounds like the beginning of advert. Are you fed up with clickbait? <laughs> Are you like fed up Like to get rid with... of your adverts mm. or something? Are you fed up with clickbait? Mm. I'll tell you why I'm fed up with clickbait. Because it sometimes lures me in. There was a story on uh, Twitter this morning. It was Well, it was from the Daily Mirror, but it was on Twitter. And the story was that uh, Piers Morgan is going to leave Good Morning Britain... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's going to leave. I stopped being able to watch it because it's just too much, too much Brexit. Yeah. Anyway, he, it, the story was that uh, he was going to leave Good Morning Britain and become Donald Trump's chief of staff because Donald Trump <laughs> just got rid of his chief of staff. And I thought, I mean, obviously, I know that's ridiculous. I know that's not going to happen. I you saw know. an interesting story about Donald Trump. So, you know, in um, Home Alone, mm-hmm. he, no, yeah, Home Alone Two, when he goes to New York, and there's the there's the shot of. Donald Trump and he's also in is it Richie Rich as well there's I didn't a, know he was in that Donald he was Trump in Home Alone too yeah but if you've used any Donald Trump I can't remember the actor I think it was Matt Damon was saying because he's produced films and stuff he says if you ever want to use one of Donald Trump's buildings and hmm. um, he says it's fine but he insists that you write in a part for him oh, and right. film it so you spend like a day or whatever just filming the part and then he Matt Damon was like and then you just cut it out at the end and it's fine but apparently they leave it in. But I just thought that was the most ridiculous thing, that Donald Trump is like, yeah, you're fine to use my buildings, but uh, you have to write me a part in your film. <laughs> like, I think that's quite endearing, actually. I think that's, that's one of the few things I've heard about Donald Trump. That, it's not uh, made your skin crawl. That endears, well, that endears him to me. But anyway, I read this, uh, Piers, this story about Piers Morgan, and I'm reading you read this it? thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. reading this thing, thinking, this is just clickbait. It's just, and there were loads, you know, when you go on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But this is the thing, we're calling it clickbait now, it but clickbait's always existed. Even when we didn't have computers, there was, it wasn't clickbait, but it was the titles of newspaper stories. Do you know what I mean? It's not a new thing. It's a totally new thing because it's stories... What you used to get, you used to get a newspaper, right? If you're going back to the time before the internet, you get a newspaper. There wouldn't be stories there that were just absolute nonsense and didn't exist. So what was the story about? 
Well, the story just said that Piers Morgan, and it, you know, you read down it, and then it links to other stuff in the Daily Mirror. It really annoys me. I really hate myself when uh, you know. I hate well, yourself. Well, I at do least you do. I click on those things. It's like this couple, <laughs> this couple um, on the so obese they were almost dead. Cut out these two things. Look at them now, and theirs are even worse because you have to click through about eighteen pages, and I go right to the end, and it's just a picture of them two just looking slightly thinner yeah and i've spent 20 minutes clicking through the article so i saw this interesting article about sleep texting oh yeah so the, the about young people and how we've started instead of sleep talking we've started like sleep texting like gibberish so reach researchers at villanova university in pennsylvania asked 372 college students about their phone use and sleep quality and 26% said that they had at some point sleep texted. So it's just dreaming that you're texting something? No, no, like actually picking up your oh. phone, clicking on, going in, clicking on someone's message, typing out a text and, and sending it. Bizarre. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It is, it is interesting. But that's the, that's the danger of having your phone on by the side of your bed. That's why I don't like... Because if you put the alarm on... In my, on my old Nokia, I would I still use my Nokia as an alarm clock from time to time because you can have it switched off and it still rings. But if you switch off an iPhone, uh, the alarm doesn't ring, does it? No, it does. Oh, does it? No, if you switch it off. Like, if you switch it off, the alarm won't ring. But you can switch on Do Not Disturb and so you won't get any of your messages or anything, but your alarm will still ring. Or on silent and your alarm will still ring. Oh, right. Well, if it's on silent, your yeah. alarm will still ring. Because it worries me that You've said I'm... this tons of times, and I tell you all the time. You can have it on silent, and your alarm will still yeah. ring. But so many people still have their phone by the side of the bed switched on. You do. Yeah, but I have it on silent. Why not switch My the alarm. whole thing off? Well, so they're, they're sort of luring you into keeping your iPhone yeah, on all the time. That's why people are sleep texted. I've never sleep texted. No, I've never sleep texted. No, but that's why people are sleep texting, because they keep the... Because uh, they're keeping their phone next to them in bed. Yeah. Also, sometimes you like to go on it in the morning. <laughs> I see you're, going, you're demonstrating it by going on it now. Just seeing. Just, just seeing. Seeing what's going on. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Everything needs to be seen. I need to be connected all the time, Dad. So, I thought we'd talk a bit about the Gilets Jaunes in France. Mm-hmm. And because I'm interested, why do Britain? Why do Britons never riot about anything? So they've. It was about originally about these fuel cut, fuel costs. The co- yeah, the and then Macron said that I'll, like I'll I'll go back on what I've said. And then he was like, we'll cu- we'll cut the fuel altogether, blah blah blah. And then they're still rioting, and they're quite like violent riots, and like it's it's big. And um, it looks like post-apocalyptic in France, like some of the pictures well, the and stuff. Of cars and, and there things, was. Yeah. Um, then the police were talking about that they might start putting on gilets jaunes and the police were going to jo- join the protesters and it was going to erupt into anarchy and stuff. And then I've seen loads of people talking about how Brit- really Britain is in a lot more upheaval than France. But we would never write about stuff because now they're just writing about how they don't agree with what Macron's saying. He's given too many tax benefits to the rich and um, he's cut benefits for mm, the poor mm. and they're just writing because they don't agree with what he says could you ever imagine in a million years British people going out on the streets and writing about stuff like that like we just don't do we it we have no we have have done in the past the, yeah but the, not the poll tax riots when uh, yeah but no but then I saw them they were talking about the poll tax riots and then they just stopped didn't they there and then what really happened was a partisan piece of paper that was like 
Yes, yeah, so I well, it's it's not our way. We we no, but why? why? Why are nations why like riot? this? Why don't we riot? I don't know. It's, it's I suppose it's a tradition. Don't forget the French. Uh, we have a monarchy. There, I know we, they like the revolution. Yeah, Vive. precisely. Uh, France was born through riots, wasn't it? France was yeah. born through a revolution. We've always had. Um, apart from a very brief period, we've always had, uh, yes, Vive. we've always had uh, a monarchy, which yeah. arguably gives us stability. Gives us stability. Um, well, it You're seems, such a monarchist. I can't get yes, over it. Yes, it seems to have given us stability, doesn't it? You know, because we're we're stable. There's no other reason. We are strong and stable. We're strong, but and we're not stable. really. Are we're, we? Well, we're not. I mean, da- says the man who thought there was a run on the banks this morning that you just not heard about. <laughs> no, that Literally, was we passed. Come on, we passed every bank and you were going, I wonder if there is a run on the banks. I mean, maybe there is a run on the banks and I've just not heard about it. Yeah. Well, it's like six people in a queue. No, there was there were people queuing up outside the National Westminster Bank at 10 o'clock in the morning, waiting for the bank to open or, or waiting to get in the bank. I don't know what they were doing outside the there National There was a Westminster. run on the banks. The, well, it looked to me like that scene in It's a Wonderful Life, where God. he's in the back of the cab. Then he has to get out, Mama Dollar, Papa Dollar. Mama Dollar, Papa Dollar and all that. Uh, but we're not going to watch it this year, are we? Because no, I think I might watch it, but I'm not going to go to the cinema to watch it, I don't think. No. Do you want me to do a meme? I certainly do. So I used to have a Russian friend who had a pretty thick accent, and like a lot of Russians, tended to eschew articles. She would say things like, get in car and stuff. Well, one day, this asshole who'd been kind of tagging along with us asks us why she talks like that, because it makes her sound dumb, and I still remember her response word for word. Me? Dumb? Maybe in America you have to say get in the car because you are so stupid that people might just get in random car. But in Russia, we don't need to say that. We just know because we are not stupid. So that's, uh, I'll wind it up for this week, mm-hmm. uh, Ruth. Uh, I better give the address again for the emails just in, well, just in case. It's um, Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail.com and you can get onto the Spotify by typing Ruthie, me and my dad on Martin and Ruth. Yes, uh, Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail.com so it's a long address and it's uh, you've got to write it all as one word right okay so thank you for listening and uh, we'll be with you again for our final one before Christmas next week <laughs> <laughs>